0: four time catch Brandon Powell touchdown Vikings and they have the lead
1: How about that uh, Josh Dobbs before we get to that Jordan you want to we bring in Brian Murphy to the conversation Brian obviously joins us uh, Every week to uh, recap uh, the the weekend sporting events that we all pay attention to. He writes for Bring Me the News and Purple Insider. But we uh, were pressing, we had pressing issues this morning, Brian, in regards to uh, regional colloquial, colloquialism, wh- whatever the hell I'm trying to say. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. words, uh, words. 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 Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> Jordan, you want to ask uh, Brian what he, uh, so what you described, what you sent me this weekend, okay. what he thinks they're called?
2: Well, I saw something that apparently in Minnesota. What I would call <clears throat> doing donuts in a parking lot with a car is called something else. And careful if you know the answer because do you, know what you can't say we call? that on the air. But do you know what in Minnesota they call that?
3: No, I just assumed it was doing donuts. No.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Because you're a regular person. Whipping. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Whipping uh, bleepies. bleepies. Yeah.
2: And it's the S like word. um like- yeah. yeah. Poop at the poop. Uh, okay.
1: I get it. I, yeah. I'm not
2: sure I've heard that. You either. haven't heard that? No. Years. no.
3: Then again, I'm not out in parking lots or, you know, empty right. fields destroying property.
1: <laughs> Those You're days are
3: long that's, past. That's, yeah. not, not lately. Well,
2: what about riding? Like when you grab onto the bumper, you know, think uh, Michael J. Fox in uh, back to the future. When you grab onto the bumper of a car and you take a little ride. What do you call
3: it uh, back in the snow days? Bumper hitching is what we call bumper that. Hitching. Um, I, I never Legitimate. did it. I saw friends do it like, you know, middle school, you know, you get a nice big snowstorm and you kind of hide behind a tree. And then on the side street, a car comes by and you just run into the back and grab onto the back of a bumper. Okay. And boy, that looked mm-hmm. all fun and games until I saw a kid uh, break his ankle uh, because there was a raised manhole. Cover, oh uh, gosh. That that's nobody fun. had seen. Ooh. And uh, good. yeah. So, that, that that ended any aspirations I had to be a bumper. Issue. Yeah, what yeah. is that called here?
1: I well, I I I've always knew that as hooky hooky bobbing.
2: N- not a thing. I, I know it's okay. insane. Yeah, I know.
3: I'm not, that's a hard path <laughs> right. on that one. All right,
1: <laughs> All right uh, let's uh, move on here. Uh, yeah, I, I talked to a guy last night uh, having dinner, talking to a guy who, who we were talking about the Vikings and uh, playoff success. Notwithstanding Super Bowls, notwithstanding, it would be hard to argue that this year's Vikings and certainly last year's Vikings have not been some of the most entertaining football uh, to view. And such was the case yesterday as well. Another strange, crazy game that, when as all is said and done, you're like, man, that was fun to watch.
3: It was fun to watch. It was a hot mess. Two teams were a hot mess. Yes, Uh, you're down to your backup, backup quarterback. Uh, Joshua Dobbs, who literally rolled into town on Tuesday, didn't know most of his teammates' names. Didn't spend a moment in the huddle with any of them because they were preparing Jaron Hall, the rookie, to play uh, kind of on a crash course all week. Uh, you know, in fact, I think r- r- right tackle Brian O'Neill said it best in the post game yesterday. He's like, I-, "I met the guy Thursday. I-, I I got in the huddle with him Sunday. Here we are." I mean, well, that is, uh, you know, and we talked about this, too, about how it's very difficult in the NFL to just grab a quarterback and plug and play right. uh, because of the systems. And, and, you know, these are this is a game plan that the Vikings have been installing and implementing and using since about April with Kev, with Kirk Cousins in charge. So to have somebody come from another organization, by the way, uh, the Vikings are Dobbs' seventh team yeah. um, in seven years or at least seven different offensive systems and to have him be thrust into, I mean, he must've felt like a police cadet in a hostage crisis. Uh, just go out there and do what you can and save the season if you can. And, uh, boy, it was entertaining to watch. Now that could just be a lightning in the bottle moment. The Falcons are not a very good team. They're good defense, but they're not a very good team. They're poorly coached. Um, but it does open up possibilities. Uh, the gloom and doom about Cousins and his, his season-ending Achilles injury last week has now been kind of shelved, and now it's what are the possibilities of a Joshua Dobbs-led Vikings team. This team is, is soaring with confidence because they've won five out of their last six and four straight. They won in incredible fashion yesterday, as we, we talked about and everybody's been talking about here for uh, overnight, the, 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 jobs, the, the Dobbs phenomenon but you know it doesn't re- it, it uh, to me it's like i'm going to appreciate this moment because this team is so uncertain we have no idea what's going to happen next week right. the week after and that's why we keep tuning in it's the best form of unscripted entertainment
2: brian i read a piece that might have been yours saying that josh dobbs is really really smart and that he he's a knew rocket all scientist of, uh, literally the- yes okay that he's really smart so like he had all of the plays memorized you know before he even went on the field or even maybe before met some of the team i mean does that really uh, clearly it made a difference for the vikings yesterday but how helpful is that to to even studying you know before you get out there or did he just get lucky
3: Uh, i don't want to say lucky i mean because i mean he made some mistakes especially early on that could have been really devastating um it, you know look yeah the, yes the rocket scientist uh, you know he was an aerospace engineer who interned at nasa uh 4.0 wow. grade point average i mean yeah bright bright kid obviously has some good study habits obviously can can distill complex information fairly quickly um that would give him an advantage but you know, he even said, look, I was, tr- I, I was basically speaking French and being translated in Spanish. I had no idea mm. what I was doing. And oh, a lot really? of it was okay. instinct. Mm. A lot of the running plays okay. that you saw him, he just pulled the ball down and ran because he can't, which was kind of breathtaking to watch because after five years of watching Kirk Cousins, who look through no fault of his own, he's a pure pocket passer, drops back, reads, throws. Uh, he's thrown some beautiful passes over the years, put up a lot of yards, made some big plays at big times. He's absorbed a lot of huge hits, but what you don't see Kirk cousins doing very often or never did was taking off from the pocket Mm -hmm. and running for a touchdown or running for 10 or 15 yards to pick up a first down when everything else fell apart around him. Um, You know, defenses are going to figure this out. You know, Dobbs. there's a reason Dobbs has bounced around from team to team, to team. I mean, he hasn't been able to master everything uh, to the point where teams are, are that comfortable saying he's our guy. I mean, the Cardinals did this year, but then, they benched him before uh, trading him to Minnesota. So, you know, he's it's going to be a week-by-week, opponent-by-opponent, series-by-series, score-by-score evolution. I mean, this is a lab experiment. So enjoy what it can bring. It's going to be so unpredictable. There may be some explosions in your face. There may be some unbelievable discoveries. But what you're not going to know is, you know, sort of a level-headed consistency mm-hmm. that – that Cousins brought to the table. This is going to be um this is going to be ad-libbed for a long time and I don't know. I'm I'm strapped in and yeah. eating my popcorn.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> so I mean it's hard to, you know, obviously to rip up playbooks and say, "Oh, we'll start over based on this guy." But he does at least and again, yeah, it's small sample size, but he does have a an aspect to his game that Kirk Cousins does not that you just mentioned and how much can an offense mid-season switch on the fly and say, "Eh, there's something here where we could use.
3: They're going to have to. I think that's what they're going to be doing all week. That's the irony of this is that they were preparing Jalen Ward, the rookie, to just survive his first NFL start, and he didn't. (laughs) I mean, unfortunately, he suffered a concussion in the first quarter. And, you know, there was no thought, I believe, that, that Dobbs was ever going to take the field yesterday. So suddenly he does. They're trailing by the ungodly score of 11 to 3. Or actually, it was 3 to 3 at the time. He takes a safety. It becomes 5 to 3. Then they fall behind 11 to 3. He fumbles deep in his own territory. It just sort of had the makings of a disaster uh, unfolding. But, you know, I give the defense a lot of credit. You know, we're going to talk a lot of Dobbs, but boy, this defense under Brian Flores has really rallied during this four game winning streak. I mean, look at it this way Caleb Evans stripped a ball carrier. After, you know, the, the Falcons took a 21-13 lead in the third quarter, and that could have been it. But, you know, he, the next Atlanta series, there's a fumble. Josh Metellus somehow claw, claws his way out of the pile with the ball. Next thing you know, Dobbs is running in from 18 yards. He converts the two-point conversion to Alexander Madison. It's tied. The next Falcons possession, Byron Murphy Jr., intercepts Taylor Heineke, who looked like he was asking for it all day. Yeah. Joseph's field goal puts him up. With a lead, they wouldn't relinquish. I give the defense credit as much for winning this game as as Dobbs's um, you know magic trips, trick, tricks. And I do believe the defense is going to have to carry this team for the foreseeable future. And you can just hope that Dobbs can acclimate, make the plays he needs to limit the mistakes, and just kind of guide them on offense more than uh, you know aggressively playing offense as they had them with Cousins.
2: Uh, could we switch gears a little bit to the Gophers? Gophers yeah. lost to Illinois. Uh, it was disappointing for PJ Fleck. We actually, I was actually, uh, you know, I'm not a, not a huge football fan, but I, we watched that game a little bit in my house. Cause my son is a uh, Gopher fan and then turned to the channel and they were winning. And I was like, Oh, this is great. Go, go Gophers turned the channel and then came back and they ended up losing. So how did that go so badly?
3: Poor coaching decisions, lack of execution, you know, caught getting caught with your pants down. It, it's, Kind of a uh, a recurring theme under PJ Fleck. Um, look, there's uh, there's nobody that can dominate a microphone uh, as aggressively uh, yes. as PJ Fleck. But there seems to be no one that coaches more scared than PJ Fleck yeah. and his conservative play calling. Look, we all saw what happened. You know, the Illini's backup quarterback you know converts a fourth and eleven uh, deep in his own territory. Uh, then he makes another couple of completions, and then finally the 46-yard touchdown pass with 50 seconds left. Um, that's, those are egregious mistakes by the defense to, to allow that to happen. But the Gophers had an opportunity to end this game with the ball in their hands. I mean, they, they get an interception. They're at their own 39-yard line with four minutes left. They run the ball twice. That goes nowhere Then an ugly third-down incompletion. Next thing you know, they're punting having barely taken a a minute off the clock. And the question is, why do the Gophers seem to, you know, tighten up at the worst possible moments and play not to lose as opposed to playing to win? I mean, if you don't trust your quarterback to complete a third down pass or or a first down pass and just keep that clock draining, I don't know why, you know, you you have him at quarterback. So I think, you know, Fleck has some answers has some questions to answer about his in-game management, and that seems to plague them against inferior opponents. And now, instead of having their destiny in their own hands in the Big Ten West at six and three, they're now five and four. They're heading to Purdue, which was just rolled by Michigan. Yeah, and a vulnerable appoint, opponent, but you know, a band-aid win it looks like at this point. And look, I don't know where the Gophers are going as far as a bowl game or whether they will win the Big Ten West. All it's going to do is get them a, a date against Ohio State or Michigan anyway. Uh, but it just looks bad, especially at home. And this happens a lot at home as well. Yep. I mean the winnable games that end up losses and boy, it sounds an awful lot like Glenn Mason was back in the day as well. So I don't know what their their future is with Fleck, but he needs to uh he needs to, to put his money where his mouth is on the sidelines.
1: Lastly here, uh we're gonna go ahead and treat Josh Dobbs as the savior of the Vikings and uh will he'll be with the Viking tremendous success. He's our Tom Brady now. For the, for the sake of this argument, in what other experiences have we seen a fill-in come in and just completely take over or become the guy? And I pose that question to you, sir.
3: I mean, it was only six years ago Case Keenum came in on the right. nowhere and, and led the Vikings to the NFC Championship game. And, Correct. of course, the Minneapolis Miracle to uh, Stephon Diggs. It's been done before. Uh, Wade Wilson, Randall Cunningham. These are all Vikings backup quarterbacks. Jeff George was kind of signed off the street. I mean, yeah. it's not impossible. It's rare, especially midseason uh, with a trade acquisition. But you know, there's a reason you have a backup quarterback that has hopefully has some experience because this is such a violent game, and it you know, rosters are week to week in terms of uh, injury lists. It looks like now the you know the. They caught a t- tiger by the tail, it looks like. I don't know how they're going to be able to manage Dobbs going forward, um, but if you look at how they were able to adjust to Case Keenum just five or six years ago, you know, it's not always about the guy under sender. It's what the guy does under center mm-hmm. and how he manages games and manages big moments. Dobbs is going to be making a lot more mistakes, but he, if the coaching staff, and I think Kevin O'Connell should get a really big hat tip yesterday for not only preparing a rookie, but then preparing a guy who just, came into the building a few days earlier and go down and get a, a tough road win. That's what it's going to have to be. It's going to be a week by week experiment and uh, it should be fun and entertaining to watch. I don't know what success is going to look like, um, but it's certainly not going to be boring.
1: You and Collar next hour.
3: Yes. Uh, about a half hour. I'll be recording with him and uh, that podcast will be out later today.
1: Purple insider read Bob, uh, Brian, uh, purple insider and bring me the news. Thank you, sir. Have a great week. All right, sounds good, guys. Uh, What other examples? And it doesn't have to be football. It doesn't have to be sports. What other examples do we have of somebody stepping in, either a fill-in and suddenly taking over? 651-461-9226. We've got some ideas. That's next on CCO.